Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday, and welcome to P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals, like what, listener land? Like a Mac truck through ice cream. Then check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's talk. How is everyone doing out there tonight? I tell you, it has been a fantastic week. I'm looking forward to Friday. I'm looking forward to the weekend, but I am not wishing my life away. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed the days that I've had. You know, they've not all been happy moments, but pretty darn close. Pretty darn close. So, um, If you guys tuned in earlier this week, you heard the uh, very telling tale, a transformation story from one Mr. Matt Eastock. Wonderful story. Um, If you weren't here, if you weren't part of that uh, adventure, you know, just to sum it up briefly, um, he, he lost his father at a young age and pretty much the death of his father sent him on a downward spiral that led to um, alcohol. It led to drugs. Um, he uh, he was still, you know, maintaining a life, though, had a livelihood, had a career, uh, up-and-coming tattoo artist, and um, was just living the life, partying all the time. And then uh, he came to a point in the road where uh, thing went downhill, and uh, he lost his health. He lost a lot of things. But through that whole process, he regained a new perspective on life, got himself cleaned up, found himself a father, found motivation and a new zeal to live life to its best. And today he's a uh, natural athlete. He's a uh, pro classic physique competitor. He's got a book coming up. He uh, is an entrepreneur, has his own tattoo shop, and um, and a clothing line to boot, a clothing line to boot. I mean, it's all, you know, not every story has an amazing ending like that, and thus far his story is far from being over. But uh, you know what? He's come a long way, and we are wishing him all the best as we go forward, as he goes forward, and uh, we hope to hear more about all of his endeavors. So this evening, if uh, we can get him on air, Mark South is calling in again. He's having some issues, Um, but uh, if we get him aboard, we're going to be finishing our discussion about protein and protein consumption. Um, last time we had him on, which was last week, I believe, so not that long ago, so we were actually doing pretty good to uh, get him back as long as the phone lines um, cooperate. We talked about quite a few things. We talked about keto, which had a little life of its own. I think we need to have another show about that. Um, we talked about whether or not protein is overconsumed. Um, and just a lot of various aspects of that. And I think the main takeaway that we came out with is that everyone's body is different. So you can't take a cookie-cutter approach to the amount of protein that you're consuming or the kinds of foods or the amounts of foods that you're consuming for that matter. Um, we all have different body types. Um, it's, 
it's smart to be able to eat by your body type. Um, and we all have various act- activity levels. So someone out there may need, you know, 200 plus grams of protein in a day, although it's pretty hard for your body to absorb that much in one day, but I'm, I'm not going to get into that argument right now. And there are others of us who don't, and we can still have all of the amounts that we need. So that would be the number one grand takeaway, I think, from that show. And if you want to hear it in full detail, as always, be sure to check out our archives. Um, all of our shows are there. Going back to the very beginning, um, earlier this month, we celebrated our four-year anniversary, we being myself and um, Mr. Kalen Patterson. Um, it's amazing. I cannot believe it has been that long, and it's gone by very quickly. And we've covered a lot of ground, a lot of different topics, and a lot of different people. And uh, And we're by no means anywhere close to being finished. There are so many athletes and so many shows that we haven't even touched. And I'm just looking forward to this whole thing getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's largely in part to you guys because as our listeners get, as our listener base grows, so do all the other opportunities. And so, guys, thanks for hanging in there with us, and I hope you continue on. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we do, and hopefully we're going to get better at what we do. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep it going from there. Whew. And speaking of shows, I had to take a breath because in thinking of all of the things that are coming up, it really is just amazing. And I am so super excited that uh, coming up, not this weekend, but starting in August, every weekend in August, I'm pretty sure Kaylin and I are booked at a show somewhere. So that is very exciting. We're going to be at the North American in uh, Illinois the first weekend of August. And then, of course, you guys have to know where we're going to be the second week. We are going to be in Ho-Chunk, Wisconsin, Dell. So, well, actually it's a Ho-Chunk casino, but it's in the Wisconsin Dells. And we are going to be there for the – NGA Pro-Am P4P Undefeated Natural Championships. And this show, I'm telling you, they are pulling out all the stops, all the stops. I don't have the numbers yet as far as um, the athletes that are going to be participating, but, guys, if you are stage ready, you are going to be missing out on one heck of a show if you are not there. I mean, they just came out with more bling for the ladies. Ladies, if you're listening, and it doesn't matter what category you're in, whether it's bikini, figure, physique, bodybuilding, and I hope you beautiful ladies are there in force in single category, but they just came out with some Wonder Woman wrist bling, Wonder Woman wrist bling, and a crown. And this is in addition to everything else. I mean, every time I turn around, every week, it's a new trophy, it's a new sword, it's a new gladiator helmet, it's Wonder Woman gear, it's... It's everything, and it's a new incentive that where the pros are just going to be walking away with one heck of a prize package. And believe it or not, two overall winners are going to walk away with this bag that freshens your clothes without water. So if you're a competitive athlete, you've got to throw something on. You can't wash it, You whatever. You throw your clothes in this bag. I'm not even sure how the magic works, but it's magic. And it freshens your clothes like they had been washed. 
amazing. Even if you're not an athlete, could you imagine having that on the road or on vacation or traveling for business and you just need to freshen up stuff? Can't pack a whole lot, but you just need to freshen. I want one of these. If I wasn't going to be on stage as your lady of ceremonies for the evening, I would so be trying to figure out how to be show ready. I so would be. It's going to be awesome. And with that being said, I think I have rattled on long enough, but P for P, undefeated, I'm going to say it just one more time. If you are show ready, if you can be stage ready in the next couple of weeks, throw your hat in the ring, guys. Throw your hats in the ring. Get registered. They're still taking registrations. Get it done. There's also the North American, and there's the uh, – OCB Skyview that's coming up the following week. So all three shows, all in the Midwest, two in Illinois, the one in Wisconsin. So much opportunity, guys. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be there. And with that being said, Mark South, my friend, did you finally make it online? I'm here. Oh my God, that's wonderful! It is so great to hear your voice. You know what? If we keep, you know, Oprah had Dr. Phil. If we keep this up. You're going to be like our Dr. Phil. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's okay. Maybe maybe not as good as Dr. Phil, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a pleasure from my <laughs> side. <laughs> that would be pretty darn awesome. So welcome back. We are here to discuss, you know, for three shows we tried to cover and conquer the protein topic, and we haven't been able to do it. So it's hopefully tonight, tonight – it is a tough one. It is a tough one. Hey there, KP. Hopefully tonight we are going to make some ground. So I've already kind of glossed over what we talked about the last time, and tonight we're going to take it another step further and talk about protein powder a little bit to start with, and that's not the only place that we're going to go. But we've talked mostly about protein in its whole form, and now we're going to talk about the other flip side of that, which is near and dear to all bodybuilders, natural bodybuilders, and that is the protein drink. And I know that we've got there already because not all protein powders are made the same, and there are a lot of them out there. You've got casein, you've got whey, you've got beef, you've got this, you've got that, you've got veg- vegetarian-based, vegetable-based protein. And gimmicks. And don't forget those either. So let's kind of unpack this, Mark. And first of all, let's talk about, um, you know, as a competitive athlete, from your perspective, I don't even know where to start, guys. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm floundering here. But, you know, what kind – if we're going to drink protein, if we're going to drink it, and we're no, going to talk I, a little bit about whether or not we really need to drink it, but if we're going to drink it, and most of us are – what should we really be looking for? I think if we if we if we just recap on last week that you know protein is protein. Um, if we isolate it to just one particular nutrient, um, and the thing, especially from my side, is that of course we have whey, we we have beef, we have hemp, we have rice, we have soy, we have pea, and it goes on and goes on. And they're all and they're all basic proteins. So if we're looking at just making sure that the source of protein uh, is there for just simply and plainly our muscle, 
then we would relate to something like a beef or a, or a whey protein that contains all the essential uh, amino acids that we need to provide our body. But point of view, you know, it's like there's no blanket. Every bodybuilder should take uh, hemp because, you know, I also look at the health aspects of things, how we're trying to make the athlete as healthy as possible and support their body and what their body needs. So, for instance, if someone was slightly lower in calcium, then I'd be happy to give them whey. Um, if they needed a little bit more fiber and vitamin D in their body, I'd be happy to put them on something like hemp. Um, if they needed a bit more iron in their body, then I'd probably suggest a beef uh, protein. So it's very much on what the total body is need to make it as good and as fulfilled in the nutrients that it's actually lacking or needs to support itself. For me, as a lower frame, I need calcium, so I very much go with a whey protein. Uh, Tanika, who needs a lot more iron, I give her a beef protein. So it's very much, it's not one protein fits all, or it, but it's, if you just plain and simply look at it about muscle, then protein is protein, with the exception of you need to supplement a few plant-based uh, proteins. But it's basically, if you look at it for the total health of your body, you need to find what composition is in that protein that is helping you meet your total health needs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, gotcha, I, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I, I also you know, like to think about when we're talking about supplementation, I, you know, because this is the thing I've always seen with protein powders, but it basically supplements food where people are basically uh, conceding a protein powder to actual food, and that's, my, that's always been my concern when we're talking about supplementation. We, we have to just look at the word itself, supplement. It doesn't mean it takes the place of. It's it's basically helping out or being an aid, not the full form of it. So when people are simply doing straight protein powder, straight protein something, you know, only uh, these bars, you know, protein bars, I, I have a big concern over that, where basically it becomes the lazy man's regimen for diet. And that's when it becomes an issue for me. So, you know, I think we get it confused when we're saying this is what it's going to be and it's set in stone and that's the only way that's going to work. And, you know, because it worked for so-and-so, then it's going to work for everybody. And, I, you know, we just can't keep going into that same dive each and every time we do it. We, we have to find a better way. And it's simply because we're doing better thinking and we do have the science to back up what we're talking about. And we do have the people in place, like uh, Mark, that can basically regiment it out to where it does help and sustain a diet instead of destroying your health and your possible future life. I, I think that's what everybody's been asking, and I, I hope we're not keep trying to find a quicker source or a lazy man's way to basically either prep for stage or basically make a better health choice. Because if we're destroying something in, in the process, then we're not improving anything. And I hope that makes sense because this is the thing I hear in the gym all the time. Yeah, and I think I think we also need to remember that this word supplement is with, we're basically not talking about a balanced diet. We're talking about supplementing a protein source for a protein source. Yeah. Um, right, and we need to... 
as as an athlete, as someone who needs to perform and needs all that balance throughout their body to make them as peak as possible. Like I like Desiree's thing that you know our body is our temple. Well, if we isolate just for our muscle, then we're not really looking at our body as a temple. We just have a focus on muscle. But the thing is, supplements I feel can be beneficial, or a protein shake, let's be to the point, can be beneficial if it needs to be taken, especially post-workout, where somebody is rushing to go and get their kids, or they have something that is prohibiting them to sit down and have a full meal. Um, a benefit of a protein powder can be that it absorbs a lot quicker. But if somebody is sitting down to have a good rounded meal uh, within the hour, within a couple of hours of post-workout, then they're going to find out that they're fine as well. So a supplement, again, is just replacing a protein for a protein. It's where we get our source from, let's say. Um, and it does have some benefit if it fits into life, but then it's got a permanent reason. But we need to look at our total diet um, because protein only forms a part of that. All right, and I think that um, segues into our next question for Sheldon. So, Sheldon, we're gonna we're gonna get you some clarification here, and we're sorry for being so confusing. But Sheldon is saying, if protein is so beneficial to the body and muscle, why do we need carbs and fat? You guys are confusing. Why do we need carbs and fats? Well. Fats are obviously, especially in the bodybuilding industry, you know, when you go down and, and you're physically working out, you know, food doesn't necessarily directly help the growth of muscle. Uh, it supports the growth of muscle. So you have to do exercises yeah. first. In that combination, we, we need fats to control you know, this, this activity as well, to control our, our, our fiber activity, to control our nervous activity, and all the other elements such as you know, natural hair, hair growth, skin maintenance, and all these things. Fat is an extremely uh, important part of the total nutrition. Carbohydrates, um, look, look at the relationship of carbohydrates versus protein. I mean, carbohydrates is the best friend of protein. It pushes it into the muscle. It gives us the best mm-hmm. source of energy. It helps us with all the other vitamins and minerals that plain and simply animal or plant protein doesn't quite provide for us. So everything is important. Um, it's what is called a balanced diet rather than just saying that uh, all I need to eat is protein. Um, it's completely a, uh, it's going to create so many deficits that it's, it, it's, it's, it's quite frightening when people think, okay, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm just going to eat protein. Uh, the answer is plain and simply no, based on a balanced overall diet to support our total body. To eat overall protein is something that puts considerable stress on our body. So how are we going to feed the nutrients to the liver and the kidneys that are trying to help us if we're not giving them them those additional uh, blocks that helps their total uh, balance of needs to support our body? It's uh, We have to look at protein as part of our nutrient structure to support us in our role, not as a sole entity to... um, to keeping us in in a healthy physical shape. Yeah, and the thing to remember, Sheldon, is tonight's show is about protein. So we we're we're all about protein. That's what we're focused on. But proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, even though they all provide energy in a fashion, they all do it differently, and they all support different organs and functions within our body. They each have their own role. So as Mark was saying out, the reason why a balanced diet is important because they all do different things. 
they may be similar in some capacity, but they do it differently. So we have to have all of it. They are all good. There are some aspects of certain carbs, fats, yeah, even protein that that aren't as good for the body as others, and so that's my where we might get a little you know mixed messaging as far as bad fats and bad carbs and this that and the next thing. But your body needs all three to function, and and that's the simplest explanation I can give for that and for why you need to have all three and not just one. Kaylin, yes, um, we have to also remember marketing. I mean, food is never the enemy. I don't care what, what marketing, marketing pitch is given, food is not the enemy. There's, there's going to be certain foods that you should not ingest simply because of the way it's been formed or processed. But when you talk about food in general, it is not the enemy. And the one thing about marketing is in order to sell one thing, you have to demonize the other. And that's basically what's been happening, you know, when you talk about diets and, you know, this is the one that works, it's the only one that's going to work for you. And if you don't do it, then somehow, you know, you're falling behind in society and the community is going to look down upon you because you're not shaping up to the rest of the world because you're not doing this marketing ploy that's been pitched to you. And a lot of times, a lot of us fall for that marketing pitch and we start to somehow believe it because everyone else is repeating the marketing gimmick that they've fallen for. Um, if we're dealing with each other as a whole, then we have to realize that we're all unique, we're all different. And we do have similarities in that uniqueness and that difference. That doesn't make anyone an enemy. That doesn't make anyone bad. And that doesn't make food the same thing. It, it's not a bad thing to eat food. It's not a bad thing to have carbs. It's not a bad thing to have fats. It's how you intake them, or what, what you're putting in your body, when you're putting it in your body, and how much of it we're putting in our body or how little we're putting in our body. Our, our body loves food, and, and I don't understand how, we're trying to demonize one to basically make the other one the superhero. The protein has its place. Carbs have their place. Fats have their place. Like Dad says, we're, we're basically just speaking about protein to figure out how it benefits the body and how we did get into that marketing ploy of saying that's the only thing that's going to basically build the muscle for bodybuilders because it's simply not true. I, I, as much as I, I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a meat lover from, from day one. I think the first time I had a piece of chicken, I could have gone to bed for the rest of the day because I was so happy to have meat. So that's, that's been me since birth, and I, I love every aspect about me. But I know carbs have their place, and I know fats do as well. And if we're going to be a whole individual, W-H-O-L-E, then we have to basically ensure that we're taking some part of that three to the levels and limits that our bodies need to sustain a healthy and, and functional body. That's all right, so I think we've covered that, but Sheldon, if you have more questions, let us know, and we'll try and get those answers for you. Um, and, <laughs> and and maybe again, that might be another show. But uh, getting back to our protein powder that we were <laughs> that we were talking about, well, you know, questions lead to other areas that you know it would be good to delve deeper into so i you know anything is fair game as long as it's beneficial to our listeners um but like i said back to the protein powder this one's from charles he says what protein is better absorbed into the body and muscle no bs they're they're all equally as well absorbed if you have a good clear track um However, yeah. a protein supplement 
in its actual breakdown will be absorbed quicker than a uh, solid piece of muscle. Okay, so there's that aspect of it. But I think absorption is it's an interesting topic, and we already have um, some other questions along those lines. Um, one in particular is asking about the different types of L-glutamine that are in protein powders and how they react in the digestive system. Um, you know, do are they are they a culprit that um, leads to bad absorption, or is there you know blocking the interior lining of the gut, or is is there more or less to that? Yeah, I mean, if we talk uh, one of the one of the potential potential negatives of a supplement is that it's certain supplements are very low in fiber, etc. And if somebody has a slowish absorption or are over-consuming too much of the supplement, it can potentially lead to a big mucus buildup and a big blockage of the system. So you generally find with people who are really heavy on the supplements that they end up having some type of tummy disorder or yes. discomfort yes. Uh, or, or blockage of the system because it is, it's not a total meal. It's low on fiber. It's low on oil. Um, it's, not, it's just as it is. Uh, it's plain neat, and what what you drink is what you get. Um, it can have, yeah, heavy. I've known people with really heavy mucus buildups, really bad uh, tummy issues. Um, that are, you know, that I've had to say to them, hey, just completely have a look at taking this supplement out and putting food with other fibres to, you know, to help blend you. And it comes back to the case, you know, the provision that I said, a supplement should not be frowned at if it's especially post-workout where you can't get another meal. But you are certainly going to have a different outcome within your body if you're just solely having a supplement on its own and continually because you are missing the other digestive um, fibers, oils, etc., that are going to promote not only absorption and healthy absorption, but a clear track, lesser toxins, uh, lesser buildups, and lesser potential for... You know, you're supporting a better overall health than just relying on a a syrup that's going into your body that can become sludgent if it doesn't get effectively managed. Yeah, yeah, that's a that that's that's a that's a different one, but it oh, what's a good way to respond to that? It, it's so many things that we've been sold. And, you know, a lot of times we, we, we don't really know the answer, and so we basically fall for the pitch. And when I say pitch, I'm not talking about a throw. It's just, just marketing. I mean, there's some clever marketing employees that have been put out there. And if we're not focused on if, – if we're looking to be sold that that belief or that gimmick, then we will fall for it. And a lot of times our body suffer, like Mark was saying, we're suffering – because I, I know there's some coaches out there that run people toward the, the closer they get toward their show day, the more that uh, supplement is basically increased to help or aid with the diet to where it basically is the diet. And that's when the body suffers, like Mark was saying. We, we, we truly suffer if we're not taking care of our bodies the way nature intended, and that's with food. Um, it, it's amazing how far we'll push ourselves in the wrong direction before we'll do the right thing to go about being in the right direction. It it it's it scares me 
Uh, Dad and I have both seen backstage where people have suffered immensely with their bodies, and basically sometimes their bodies shut down at the worst time because they, it just simply cannot sustain what it's being given and asked to do. And it's it's a great concern, and it's a good question, you know, of what what, what should be done and how should it be done. I think Mark has answered it fully, even though he's basically running through five or six myths and maybe 20 gimmicks that we've been sold to our minds currently. If you have to, listen to this show again. We have it in our archives. But don't give up hope and don't think that Mark is speaking against your belief, because he probably is. It's just your belief. It's not a fact or truth. It's just something you were taught to believe. And a lot of times it does take two or three times before it sinks in. Just like when we were kids, we had to be told something four or five times before we truly understood it. It's no different than what we're dealing with now as adults. We just have to see that our minds are still childlike in some aspects of our life and thinking. Yes? Yep. So there you have that. Um, (laughs) I always love that our conversations cover so many gamuts, and it's largely because of the good questions that we get from our listeners. And you've been speaking about gimmicks and marketing gimmicks, and so now we're coming down to the question of, okay, protein has its place. Digestion is key. Uh, Well, I'll say this. Protein powder has its place. Protein as a whole food has its place. The condition of your gut and your ability to digest either of them is going to be very important to absorption and how your body can handle that. And then there are all proteins are not created equal, regardless of what form they are because of, A, their creator, depending on what company it is, and B, marketing gimmicks. And that's where Jackie is looking for some help. Um, And whoever wants to field this first, I'll put it out there to both Kaylin and Mark, but she wants to know, when it comes to protein, how would I know how to best pick the product that is priced to fit what's actually in the tube of protein? So is it a matter of you get what you pay for, cheap protein equals a cheap product, and is an expensive protein really, are you really getting the value that you are paying for? Thoughts on that, guys? Go ahead, Mark. You know, it, you know it's a very good question. Um, you might pay a premium for a known brand. Um, you might pay a premium for something that is advertised quite well because what it's done is actually accrued some costs in its operation from all the marketing things that's going to relate to the price on the shelf. The main things is that when you look at your total diet, if you if if you're going in it, you just want to make sure that it contains everything. Most whey proteins, dairy proteins, certainly are going to um, have the nine essential amino acids. Uh, Google it up on on your phone when you go in the store and make sure and have a look at the nutrition that that, that it uh, contains them. Um, a lot of other manufacturing things that go on proteins, such as artificial flavoring, sugar, sweeteners, uh, in Kalen's snick snickerdoodle, you know, they oh, yeah. they need to make this, you know, they need to make this more palatable uh, for you to be able to consume. So it's that not a case. Sense. It's this. Yeah, there's so many different brands out there. It's so hard to. It's such a competitive and you know, multi-million dollar industry that yes, there's is. so many Brilliant. different brands and stuff out there. You really need to um, just give yourself ten minutes to understand these essential amino acids. Have a look at the back of the container as to what it's saying is in there and not in there, 
and make your decision that way. Um, I have a few athletes not on necessarily the most cheapest because I don't look at it for money as such. I look at it for what uh, it has in there. Um, so it's really just like going for anything in a supermarket. Have a look at those added things that are put in there um, that are really not of great benefit towards you in a health aspect. You know, and read the label, read the food, be, have an interest what you're putting in your body and does it cover your needs. Yes, that's a very good answer. Um, I'm going to kind of shame some of our long-term listeners and say that we actually did uh, a show on this, and it's in the archives, but you have to go way back to find it. But we actually covered this because this is one of the questions I had as a consumer about proteins and why some were better, quote-unquote, than the others, and it basically comes down to the cut of what's in the product. And I think Mark had touched on that, is that, you know, how much of the product is actually in the product? And I, I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people might might not understand what that, that's entailing because they're so used to just buying a tub and thinking it's protein. But a lot of, like I said, the marketing comes to, you know, the breakdown of what's in there. And if you're constantly putting something in that's not the protein, then you really have to ask how much of the protein is actually in the tub of protein that you're purchasing. And that's where you come down to what the price of it is. I mean, sometimes you're going to have a name brand that can sell at a higher price simply because of the name. And, you know, you're actually getting good product. And, you know, it it might not match up to what's actually in the tub, but it's still a good uh, protein source and an actual product of what's actually in the tub of protein. That I understand. But there's also basically, you know, a weaker source sold at a cheaper price simply because, there's so much other things in there, and I think that's what uh, most people will understand is fillers, or uh, I can't think of the word that they use. Uh, that you know, it's a gimmick word, but it, it's very popular in 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 the supplemental industry. But I'll 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 have to check it out, Des. You can uh, take it from there. I'm gonna look up this this word. All right, Taylor's gonna look up that word, and then also, I mean, for some of our for our bodybuilding friends out there that look for the buzzwords and why they might be great buzzwords like taurine and glycine and even creatine, and they all have their place, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they don't, but I don't know that they necessarily need to belong in a protein powder. And we are seeing products out there that are being marketed by, you know, and as a positive marketing ploy that all of these ingredients are in there. And like I said, while they all have their place, you know, they, they're they not necessarily – you don't necessarily want to see them in your protein powder because they're, they're there to, A, spike the protein content numbers, but you're not getting the benefits. And um, so just be careful. You know, sometimes price does equate with quality. Sometimes it does not. But uh, do, do look – do look at the ingredients, and you're probably saying, well, what ingredients do I want to look for and what ingredients do I not? And you know what? There are so many out there. It's hard to give a blanket answer on that. But if you have questions, we know people in the protein industry, and we can get those more mm-hmm. specifically answered for you. So don't feel um, like you can't get the information that you're looking for. Feel free to ask us. Um, Belinda's question 
She says, I understand that protein is not the end-all, be-all of your diet, but I love it. How do I balance it out and not become the fat protein monster who overindulges? Uh, Overindulges in meat? Is that the question? In protein. Yep. Okay. I think, you know, there's certain body types that really do – love their protein uh it's not just restricted but it's more a case of that body type deals and manages protein a lot lot more efficiently now there's a few things that you can do you know i always ask someone how are you feeling how's your tummy how's your energy i take their measurements i know or potentially talk to them about what they're eating if they say to me, I feel a little bit sluggish and my tummy's being a little bit disturbed and I'm farting an awful lot uh, and I put, you know, a little bit of weight around, uh, you know, around my tummy and my bum, then I would really take a good look at the amount of protein that they're taking and their source of protein. Um, it's, it's something that can be used as a good guide. So, again, whether you're starting to feel a bit sluggish, starting to get a little bit of tummy issues... Uh, having certain issues, uh, post meals or whatever like that, and putting a bit of weight on, they're good signs that you should have somebody or should talk or should sit down and think to yourself about the content or the amount of protein that 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 you're physically having. All right, there you have it. Hopefully that answer was helpful to you. Um, our next question is coming from Corey, and I think he's asking about a more of a soy-based protein powder product, and he wants to know, does soy create hormone issues in adults and developing children? Um, soy has some, um, yes, uh, issues with hormonal balance. Um, so it's soy as a soy as a uh, Typical thing generally isn't high for some people, um, but it can be um, it can be useful to some. Um, I'll give you. He's asked a question, but or he or she, sorry, uh, asked a particular. Pla- uh, you know, we use sh- soy. It has a little bit more fiber, and it can uh, increase the mass of bowel movement. But can again cause it's quite sluggish. It's quite sedimentary. Uh, it does affect certain hormones in people. So someone who has a hormonal balance, it would be very much against. Uh, it's not one of the highest used uh, proteins uh, as such. It is used in vegetarian diets, etc. But again, you just have to be mindful of what what conditions you have at the moment to marrying up what the best protein potentially is for you and knowing the yeah the effects of that. So hormonal imbalance, it does have some relationship. Someone who is quite you know, controlling their hormones, etc. It may not give the same effect because they're very well balancing it. Um, so it's just to be more aware of your physical condition versus what you're actually going to put in your mouth. I know that sounds a bit confusing, but I hope it gives a bit. No, no, it's it's not confusing, and, and it goes back to like I said, we're we're there's a lot of a lot of mythos that we're fighting. I'm sorry, mythos that we're fighting. Because we're so the marketing aspect of it, and it becomes the law, and that's the biggest problem with marketing. It is so clever and it's so creative that people do fall into a certain spot, and then it becomes okay. Well, then all I'm going to do is soy uh, protein, and and that's going to be my source instead of actual food. 
and because we go so far to the wrong end that it becomes a destructive end of our lives, and we're basically taking upon something that our bodies simply weren't meant to be doing all the time. The food is a, a good thing. And I know we're taught to do, you know, my, this microwave mentality where everything's supposed to be quick, fast, in a hurry, but our bodies simply don't work in that fashion. And until we understand that our bodies do take time, they do take process, they do take uh, digestion, we have to digest our food. And if there's nothing to digest, then it's going to come up with all the alternative methods to basically try and get that uh, food to work the way it's supposed to work and our bodies to do what they're supposed to do. And God help anybody that tries to adjust with your uh, internal organs where it finds a way to basically alleviate the digestion process because then you're going to be in a world of trouble and a world of hurt. So, you know, when we're, we're saying that this is the only way for your body to become this, that, or whatever, then you're going to see some uh, immediate uh, negative responses from your body and there's going to be a lot of stress and strain where it should not be if we're doing proper diet and a regimental uh, in, ingestion of food. Des? All right. I think that works. Um, next question and, is Des, from – Des, Des, oh, go ahead. And I think, you know, we have to play the plus and the minus. I mean, Kaylin just uh, – brought up the thing about marketing. I mean, every marketing professional um, is very, very aware of that their marketing uh, has a very big emphasis on creating doubt. Yes. Um, Right. That's what they really play on your mind. It's like walking at the supermarket and you see on a a box of cereal 99% fat-free. Yes. Okay. It may well be around about 99% right fat free but it's completely bloody useless nutritionally for you so it's you know it's and we don't put marketing on fruit and veg because hey folks we all know it's bloody good for you uh with certain controls over it so that market but at the same time these producers are maybe by law but also to be ethically correct you know the supplement is meaning that it is not to replace a meal And if you have conditions, please consult your general practitioner because they cannot say because it's right that this replaces a total rounded nutritious meal. So if we say, right, we understand what marketing is and then we then say, you know, what's good for my body and what do I want to have in my diet or what do I need in my diet, this is a far better way. And a protein supplement does not form part of your go-to diet. It is there to manage the convenience of your life where you really do need to put some protein into your body where you otherwise could not obtain it from another source, such as a meal. Um, So it's really being in control and understanding what's in it, understanding the purpose of it or the negativity of it as well. I would rather prefer one of my clients or someone I'm helping to have a protein shake than to not have anything. 100%, definitely. 100% without any question. But when you look at what do I need for my total body, protein supplement should not be in your consideration. It should be if I need a supplement, I know I can have it and where can I get it from and what's the best supplement for me to have. If you're having that consistent approach throughout your, the meal on your plate, um, you will upset any negatives and 
you know, get those nutrients and everything that you need so it's not so ongoingly confusing towards you as a person. I, I, I'll give a good example. You know, at, at, I, I used to be one of those protein bar guys, and one of Mark's statements really uh, hit close to home, and it was like, how does your tummy feel? Because I, I, I was thinking I was getting a good protein source. I'd look at the numbers they had on there, and they sounded great. But, man, they would beat my stomach up when I was trying to exercise. And I said, I'm spending more time in, in, on the toilet than I am exercising. So how much benefit is that protein bar if basically half of my time in the gym is running to the toilet? You know, how effective is my workout going to be if I'm not keeping, you know, my heart rate up, if I'm not engaging the muscles and the time it needs to be stressed and, and strained to, you know, give the benefit of growth and strength? if I'm basically cooling down <laughs> while I'm eating up the toilet. So, you know, it, it, it's things that like that that we have to take into consideration because if it's not effective for us, then it's basically doing something that we don't want or desire. So we, we have to be uh, more responsible about, you know, what we're hearing and, and, and seeing because, it, honestly, it, marketing, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's built to sell. It's selling the product. Basically, will you believe this marketing pitch enough to buy what we're selling? But you don't always have to buy it. And I think, you know, because we're we're a marketed to a culture in America and because we do love a good sale and, and we like to get the benefits in a quick, fast, and a hurry, that we don't take the time to actually think it through to the, the, the basically the side effects of, of supplements. I mean, I, I know that they're not, well, they shouldn't be designed to kill you. And uh, most of the supplements might cause a strain on your body, but I don't think any true supplement that we have being sold right now is going to put you to death. But there are side effects to our choices, I guess the best way to say it. And if we're not uh, fully aware of of the choices that are out there, then I guess that's when we make the true mistake. Beth? Well, I think you got it. I'm going to move us on here, guys. This one. This is an interesting question from Sheila, and um, she's asking, weren't there some protein products that got busted for being bad proteins? And I'll let Mark and Kaylin answer also. I, You know, Sheila, I don't have any protein names off the top of my head, but I do know I have read articles where there have been instances where um, you know, banned substances have been found even in protein powders. And then there also yeah. have been some studies done on other ingredients such as metals and uh, different things like that, traces of those elements that have shown up in protein powder. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the one thing I am going to say about this because, um, you know, Clark has asked the question too, you know, how do I differentiate marketing from, marketing from truth? Or, and part of it is, understanding who is providing the product that you're consuming. If you want to know the most about whether or not a protein powder is good for you or any supplement of that nature, do your homework on the company who's manufacturing it and find out the most information you can about their processes and about their testing. And granted, that's a lot of extra work. You can't just listen to the commercial and decide, but if you really want to know, if you really want to have confidence in what it is that you're consuming, then check out who's producing it. 
and what their processes are, their testing procedures and all of that good kind of stuff. And that's going to give you the greatest peace of mind over anything else that I would be able to tell you. Mark and Kaylin? They're awesome countrywide, uh, country-based differences in uh, restrictions as to what can be in protein powders or supplements as a start. Um, Australia is completely against anything that is connected to growth hormones. America, I believe from my research, isn't so much uh, overly concerned where levels of potential increase in so-called uh, increase in growth hormones can be in there but i think it's very much to you know have a go with a as desiree says look at a reputable band uh, a brand know what is what you know know, know what is illegal and not and, and acceptable within your own sport uh, etc and you know just be very mindful again of that nutritional ingredients panel that is on the back of uh, every single product Okay, and now I I can actually jump in on this. And yes, there were uh, several uh, brands of protein that that took a big hit, and there were many stores that were selling it here. I know Target, Walgreens, Walmart, uh, especially, got slammed uh, because of the amounts that were in that well reported to be in the uh, the protein tub weren't matching the actual protein because of what they called uh, protein spiking. Basically, using one mm-hmm. uh, something in the product that did not match. I mean, it, it would be classified as an amino, but not an actual protein source. And you know, shamefully to their part, and they knew. You know, it, that was the most damaging. It wasn't because the distributor was basically telling them one thing and sending another. They knew going in that they had changed the uh, the, the amounts and. Oh, I, that word comes up again, and I still can't think of it, and doggone it's going to rip me to shreds. But it, it, it was given a name to basically where it, it, it was a, an all-in-one kind of name where it was something blend, something blend where they could just throw it throw it in there, and that was the, the filler, because that, that's basically what it was, filling the tub without actually being the actual product. So if something said, you know, you were getting 40-some-odd grams of protein, which is just crazy to think anyone would need that much at, at, at one time for every scoop. But, you know, this is what they were marketing, and it sounds good because you're getting more for your money is what people were thinking. But, you know, far be it that they were actually getting that amount. It wasn't even considered one-third of what was being quoted. And so they were getting uh, beaten up uh, socially and in, in the uh, – in, in Congress, because it was just so far away from being the truth that someone had to do something before somebody got it, uh, got their insides basically destroyed. Uh, that. All right. Thanks for your feedback, you too. Carla's going to take us in a little different direction. We're going to get back to the uh, whole protein sources. She's asking, chicken, turkey, venison, or beef, when is it most optimal for my body, and do the amounts matter as to what type of protein source? Um, the actual so protein source, they would, yeah, the protein source, If again, if you're on meat, a dairy, chicken, um, they will give you the essential aminos that you need in your protein for your building blocks. 
Um, it is amounts. It is good to potentially spread your amounts out over the day, not to consume high volumes uh, all in one go. Uh, we can only absorb and utilize so much uh, in, a, in, in a certain time. This does vary from body type. A higher person will... Um, uh, a lower person will not be able to, a lower body weight person won't be able to actually hold and absorb as much uh, protein as, as a bigger uh, shaped person or utilize just, just through the mass, et cetera. Um, it's dependent, but from my point, it's dependent as to what other things you need on there. But there is no, I mean, all, all protein sources give you protein. It's just making sure that they're balanced throughout your day to keep the an anabolic rate there. We don't store amino acids, which is another reason why they need to be fairly constant. Um, the source of protein in the evening for bigger set people, um, if they went more plant-based, would certainly help them because their digestive and utilization of the protein isn't as efficient at night uh, as it is in the daytime. Um, so they're just some things to look at. Okay. Um, yeah, because you know, uh, like Mark was saying, there's a it, uh, wow. This is a, this is a tough one because like we're being sold a lot, you know, because people are trying to sell and they're giving their pitch to Congress, and Congress basically allows so many statements to be made that aren't necessarily factual or complete truth. Um, I think the question is more to the content of protein in the protein source. And I know it's been sold many times that chicken is more dense than turkey and turkey is more dense than venison and venison is more dense than buffalo and buffalo more is more dense. So basically you're getting more more bang for your buck off of the protein sources that uh, you're getting. And I think that's what the question is, is more uh, alluding to. And, you know, again, if we're not doing our research and homework, then we will be sold gimmicks instead of actual truth. Please take the time to be more concerned about your health and your diet and your overall uh, function in life where your body's actually engaging the way it should. We take a lot for granted. We put our trust in the wrong people many times in our lives, and you know we have to be more uh, diligent in, in how we go about living our lives when it comes to health. We have to be much more concerned than we're being sold to think about it because I think for every problem there's a prescription out there that says, you know, if you can live through the side effects, then just take this and all your troubles will be uh, be over. And with that kind of uh, marketing that's out there, your health really isn't a big concern in this nation. I, don't, I can't speak for Australia or anyone else, but if we're being sold to just find a, 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 pharmacy, a, a pharmaceutical uh, prescription, to basically alleviate all your stress and worries, then there has to be something wrong at the, at the beginning and the top to where your health is at risk and we'll just do whatever we're going to do to make that happen. It's frightening to really understand just how little our health really plays into our day. It's, uh, it's more of a concern for the person that's into sports or into more health-minded functions during the day, people that are more active, tend to be more concerned about basically being active, and we have to be concerned uh, more day-to-day, like Mark was saying. If, if we're not addressing our day-to-day needs, then we're suffering some part of that day because of the lack of the need being addressed. I don't think that we're taught about health as much as we should be 
in this country, again, I can't speak for other countries, but I can definitely speak for this one and being international. Hey, you guys jump in and let us know uh, how much of health and food and diet and, you know, basically proper hydration. Let us know. I'd be very interested to find out that that, that that could definitely be a show in itself. But we also have to go back to are we addressing ourselves for ourselves or are we just trusting in others because we don't want to do the research on our own? Yes? All right. All good points there. I'm going to I'm gonna take us back to – oh, go ahead, Mark. Jump in, and then I've, I've got my, my point I want to take us back to. Yeah, I want to like what Kaylin's saying. I think – you know, as as a collective, um, it's very very hard for people to say, okay, right, I understand that you know beef protein is going to have more iron, I understand that dairy is going to have more calcium, um, but what's important to me? People out there of latter years have not had the ability to go to someone to have an analysis on their body to be able that's to right. say this is the min- this is the mineral that you're short of or the mineral that's going to help you due to these these issues uh, that is going to help you to prevent any ongoing illness or even the establishment of it so fully preventional people can now at least go to some uh, if they research it eg might the company that I operate with, PH360, I don't like directly saying this, but there are tools that you can use out there that are going to help you to understand your physical condition and what is best for you currently at the moment. Um, I would suggest, and I have suggested uh, proteins for Desiree that have an iron content. It is because of a reason that is particular and identified for Desiree as an individual, which may change to somebody else. The other potential tool you can use, which people could knock me for saying this, is that if if you estimate that, let's say, as a bodybuilder, you're taking 1.25, 1.5 protein per uh, body weight spread over a day, then have a look at the proteins that you're consuming as to how much of that is going to give you that ratio um, and use that at least as a guide to start saying to yourself, how do I feel about this? Is it supporting my muscle? As, is my tummy feeling okay? Um, the problem is, I think, is that most people go out to coaches and they say, right, here's your macros, this is your your protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Nothing about micro, nothing about any other nutrient, nothing about a balance, no relationship to you as a person, uh, no asking you how's your tummy, how's your health, or you got dry skin, or this, that, and the other. Um, there's, so it's more that there are avenues people to go out there and find out what it is is best to best to suit them at this precise time, um, and that is something I strongly encourage to try and sort through all the crap about what one protein is and what another protein is and what the best source is uh, to try and get that assistance and that knowledge given to you based solely on you, not about a total placebo population that is out there. There you go. Well, there you do go. Now, my follow-up question seems kind of silly, but I have it, so I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because really what it boils down to is you got you have to eat for the best results you need to eat according to your personal needs, your body type, and your level of health where you are at this exact moment. But my question has never been so much as to the type of protein, although I know I I do work with Mark and he has recommended one sort of protein, and I'll be honest, it's not my favorite. 
it is not my go-to source of protein. I would prefer not to have to eat it. But I'll eat it. I don't have a problem with it. But in my mind, it's always been more of what's the fat content of the protein that I'm consuming versus the type, meaning is it red, is it white, is it pork? Well, I don't eat pork, but is it, you know, fish? What is it? Hey, hey. Um, and, and how much does that... How much does that play into it, Mark? Or does it does it not matter? Because really, it all just depends on your body type, which is going to determine how fatty of a meat you probably should even eat. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, uh, red meat especially can be higher in saturated fats, uh, but eating lean meat is obviously, you know, trimming off the fat and all this type of thing uh, is uh, is giving a bit of an advantage in not having the buildup of, uh, let's say saturated fats you go on the internet and there'll be pluses and minuses for saturated fats uh, throughout the thing is to remember is if if you're giving chicken don't change the chicken e.g if you want to fry it you're going to start introducing trans fats now they're completely not what you want they have no they most you know they activate every bit of cancerous uh, gene cell there is in your body um so it's just being again measuring and being mindful about where your food's coming from and balancing it out because you also have other oils that are suggested uh, and other fibers that are suggested in your in your diet yep. to be able to cope and to manage the processing of everything that's going in your body. So it's not just isolated at one position. The thing is, we eat what we like, and as a result, those things that we eat are giving us what they contain. Nothing more, nothing less. I love sweet potato. I love oranges, tangerines. Um, I love uh, fish, but because I predominantly eat that, I forgot to blend in some other things based on nutrition. And like yep. you may like, uh, you know, a lot of, let's say, fish or chicken, and beef isn't normally your go-to, as a result, you found out that due to the composition of those foods in your digestion, you are low in iron. So it's a case then of reviewing with someone to say, okay, how can we raise those irons up? And what is it we need to put with that iron to be able to help the absorption of that? So, you know, and using spices and things like that to make it as palatable for the person as possible. And, yeah, it's just a different experience. It's not the normal thing that I use. And as a result, I might be light on it. So I understand it theoretically, but bloody hell, this tastes crap. Um, so it's just, you know, understanding, again, your total diet and having a clean understanding to those questions. No doubt. All right, I'm done whining. But anyway, I mean, it was, it was a fair statement. This is real talk, right? But I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat what I need to eat, and that's the bottom line here. Um, here's a question from Mason. He's asking, do you want to consume higher amounts of protein and carbohydrates before a workout, and how long before a workout should I consume them? Okay. Um... Carbohydrates prior to a workout is very beneficial for the simple reason of energy. Um, the sugar content, a bit of high, higher GI, you can play with that. Um, I love things like orange juice and fresh fruit before a workout because they're giving me precisely the energy source that I need. And generally, I wouldn't suggest having it uh, around about an hour prior to training is really, really good. So you're taking it in. You're letting it clear your tummy so it doesn't affect you uh, whilst you're doing the ex exercises um, and your muscles have time to get full. So the energy you need on board is great to go in. Protein is for, I don't necessarily prescribe protein prior, 
uh, unless it's, let's say, it's going to be, let's say, your midtime meal where you've had your protein and your training at two, well, you, your meal is going to be okay for it. Um, but I might give you some extra carbohydrates to create that insulin and then energy thing. Then post-training, as quick as you can put um, the carbohydrates and protein back into your into your body to help that um, building process, to give uh, the body what it needs as soon as possible afterwards, it's certainly quite good. And whilst we gen tend to keep uh, proteins quite even throughout the day, uh, make sure that you are having enough carbohydrates to assist, you know, uh, the care and maintenance of your body and pushing the aminos in there. Um, and try to have that within the hour if you possibly can, but as close. I always look at it that if you have a cut finger, you want to put a Band-Aid on it as soon as possible. Um, I don't like people to be concerned that, okay, I'm not going to have it to an hour. That's fine. An hour after is going to be fine. Um, but as soon as you can have it post-workout, you're possibly going to feel uh, lethargic if you've had a real good workout. You know, a bit of carbs back in is going to help your general condition, but for as soon as possible post. Well, there you go. And, again, I'm going to go back to marketing and everything else, and we have to do our research. We have to do more for our own bodies. We have to do more for our own health, and we have to do more to learn about the benefits of protein and understand that a lot of what we're being sold, and I, I do put that in, in bold letters and the caps and underline or whatever it will be needed to get your attention, to understand that it's not the end-all, be-all. And I love the way Mark said it, that it's just part of what you should be doing, but it's not the whole of what has to be done. Granted, for some people, it's, it's, a, it's a godsend to have just the protein source because they have health concerns. But if we're talking about mainstream everybody, I don't every I don't, I don't think everyone falls under those uh, categorical needs. So we, we have to, of course, be concerned, but don't be concerned off of a gimmick because I, I, I know there's plenty of marketing out there for, you know, do you have a headache? Do you have a runny nose? Well, then this is the perfect prescription from you, and I have not been one doctor to diagnose that or aid in that way of understanding, but because it causes fear and concern, we fall into that thinking and thinking we need that prescription because that's going to help us in some way, shape, or form to help us perform better at our jobs, with family, you know, or whatever. And then you hear the side effects, and because, you know, everything's been marketed so well that we basically just brush those aside. I think we're doing the same thing with our health. I think we're doing the same thing when it comes to basically our, our dietary needs. And we're saying, well, you know, I'm seeing results, so it must be working. Uh, I don't know how we came to that understanding other than bro science, but I do know that we have to get back to true health and true understanding so we can be more healthy people for ourselves, our families, our society, and our community. And if we're not thinking a whole health, then we're thinking basically something much further down the, the drain when it comes to actually being healthy. Um I love this show. I love the questions, guys. Thanks so much. Um, I think Snickerdoodle will always be a great option for protein. I'll always consider it a good protein <laughs> source. I mean, I'll put it on my steak if I have to, but, you know, I don't know many people that would. But I, if I have to add it to my bacon to get a better protein source, hey, I'll do that as well. And, yes, I'm joking. But, hey, I do love my Snickerdoodle, and I do, you know, just, like to add it to my oatmeal, so I will put that out there. Des, anything else? 
before we uh, end the show? All I have to say is hashtag chocolate way for the win. Mark, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us yet again and just fully vetting this whole protein topic. I appreciate your time and uh, just all of the knowledge that you've imparted with us. So thanks once more. It's a pleasure. Am I? Do we have time for me just to add one thing just before we of go, course. Des? Of course. You sure do. I, yeah, I strongly like in in an overall type of comment or advice or suggestion to people. I very much, yeah, you know, promote the the ability of somebody at some point in day when they've got ten minutes to sit down and to just think about how they're feeling. Of late, I've come across a lot of exceptional, very high-respected bodybuilders who are suffering like hell at the moment as, as far as they are going to stop competing because they just hit a wall. It's broken mm-hmm. their heart. And when, I, and, when I, and when I speak to them, I ask them about symptoms. They knew the symptom, but the desire to get on stage, to keep competing overburdened everything it was their desire um and they would say to me now i wish i just made a couple of slight adjustments and a bit, little bit more acknowledgement to how i was feeling because this yes. feeling just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until i completely hit the wall and yes. i'm a top competitor how can i be seen to be hitting a wall you know it's that pressure of competing that dedication I don't want to take away the dedication. I don't want to take away the the competing. I don't want to take away that fulfillment that you have as a person. But at the same time, like when someone walks off a stage and shit, I didn't even get on the podium, you know, you look at them and you think, shit, from six months ago to where you are now, you're huge. And we all don't get on the podium every single time. doesn't matter who you are in the world. The thing is, if you can sit down, just give yourself five minutes a day to say, how am I feeling? Do I have the energy? Have I had any tummy issues? How's my sleep? How's my bloody stress levels? Right, and then say, oh, how's this going to affect me? And then start to manage these little things or have words or conversations with people that are your supporter uh, mechanism about this issue. Don't just ignore them. Respect them and treat them because it's you at the end of the day. Um, And just giving yourself that 10 minutes to evaluate how you worked out, how your energy levels were, how your stress levels are, and all those type of things is starting to focus on you as an individual. I eat, I think, I do my life different to the likes of Tanaka Heinemann and Justin Figuera, right? And other things in my life affect me differently to these people as well. My diet's different. Everything is different because I am different. But it's more about acknowledging where you are and wanting to do something about it. And it takes just... Five, ten minutes a day to just sit down as an athlete, not before you plan the next day and say, how am I feeling? How, how has my performance been? How's my body performing? How do I feel? Am I lethargic? Am I this and that? And then identifying these little things that you can do to further support your body, your body, not the general public. Don't look at the elite athlete who eats uh, the one that, that is your idol because their diet honestly may not be suitable for you. Um, you may need something different, but it certainly does not mean that it's going to prevent you 
from getting to that position or that idol's level of body mass or butt or composition because you've slightly taken a different way. You've taken it in line to meet your total health needs, your total days, to manage your stress levels, to get the best out of your workouts. Um, you are special. You are an individual, and you need to give you, to look in your your own mirror and say, okay, what do I need? Never mind about all these other people. We know about protein. We know about carbohydrates. We know about fats. We know about this, that, and the other. I want to know what's going to make me better, not the general public. And there you have it, there folks. And you know what? There we, you have. We have been remiss, we have been remiss in the past couple of shows. If people want to connect with you and learn more about this concept of being in tune with yourself and finding out particularly what you need as an individual, how can they find you? Um, easiest way is Facebook. Uh, Mark South PhD nutrition. My email is. MASouth2015 at hotmail.com. Um, you can go and have a look at the PH360 site. Uh, it does have a direct sales mechanism in there, but I think you know to contact me directly and we can I can help you out every, every single way. Um, call the show. Um, uh, the P the P4P uh, muscle advertisement is linked to my Facebook page. More than more than happy to. You know, be more involved with individuals who want to know a lot more about them, and to also put myself on the stage where you know I'm accountable for looking after you if I say I'm accountable. All right, and there you have it, folks. Check them out on Facebook, Mark South PH360 Nutrition. And with that being said, on behalf of Mark, myself, Kaylin, and the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. What's naked, Doodle?